Hi, this is Cherise Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. Welcome to another Week in Beauty, a series that curates the latest beauty news. Today's subjects are the sale of formerly popular brand Uma Beauty, two new campaigns from Kim Kardashian brand Skin by Kim Makeup and Skims, and Pharrell Williams bringing a 2000s male model out of retirement for the Louis Vuitton Autumn Winter Menswear Show. First, let's look at the sale of Uma Beauty. This most recent part of the brand story was featured on the business of fashion late last year, but it really flew under the radar because everybody was wondering what was going on with the brand. The story, written by Daniela Morosini and Priya Rao, focuses on the sale of Uma Beauty's intellectual property to private equity firm MacArthur Beauty. But I think we need to go back and look at some of the key issues the brand was facing long before the sale because I'm not sure it can be reinvigorated. Hey guys, it's Sharon Tutor, founder and creative director of Oma Beauty, your newest and most disruptive Afropolitan beauty brand rewriting the rules of inclusivity and diversity. Founded in 2019 by Sharon Shooter, the brand was greeted with much excitement upon its launch and saw a steady rise in popularity. It felt so fresh. Inclusivity was at the top of its just core values. You could feel that from the very beginning. It launched with 51 Shades of Foundation. That was just for starters. But it was also clear that the brand had a conscience when it came to world events, inequality, LGBTQ plus rights. The brand got everything right. At the same time, Shooter herself was really making waves. She started the Pull It For Change initiative aimed at encouraging beauty brands to share information on how many people of color they employed at every level. That was a game changer and just opened up a dialogue that we'd never seen before. Of course, this was inspired by the events of the death of George Floyd in 2020 and you know the Black Lives Matter movement which I feel has died down since then, but that's a story for another day. Shooter was so key in so many initiatives. She also founded the Make It Black initiative, which saw major beauty brands such as Mac and Morphe recreate their most popular products in limited edition all black packaging, with all profits going towards funding emerging black entrepreneurs. So that's a lot of good. I don't want anyone to forget that. Sharon Shooter has done so much for the beauty industry. But at the same time, despite all of that positive change, if we look back in hindsight, I feel that we can see the cracks in the Uma Beauty brand showing as early as September 2022. On September the 8th of that year, the Queen of England, Elizabeth II, died and founder Shooter decided to upload an Instagram post declaring her love and admiration for the royal that many around the world saw as a colonizer and much worse. Not only did Shooter post on her personal account, she posted an image of the Queen on Uma Beauty's account also. And to borrow the words of Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Big mistake. Big. Huge. To make matters even worse, Shooter decided to turn the comments off on the brand page post, which, as you can imagine, riled people up. I think there's nothing worse than when a brand takes off comments because it's very much saying, this is what we're giving you. We don't want to hear your response. 
But don't get me wrong, at the same time, everybody is entitled to show their grief, however they see fit. I'm not quite sure when I compare myself, um, someone who's born and raised in the UK, grew up with the Queen. Um, I've said in the past, but she was never my queen. It's always going to be Princess Diana for me. And that's that. Um, I feel like who would show more grief? Perhaps me. I know that Shooter did live in the UK and many people believe the UK is where she started the brand. Her background, just for clarity, is she was born in Nigeria. But I just feel her posting about her sadness over the queen passing fine on your personal page even then you're probably going to get some grief but on your business's page I just think it was I just think I'm surprised that nobody else said hey maybe don't post that on the Oma Beauty page but obviously she's the CEO she can effectively do what she wants and if she's grieving over the queen fine but the damage that was done to both the brand's and Sharon's reputation, as well as potential sales. Even I remember at the time going through so many of the comments and there were these three different accounts that between them had a combined following of 900,000. And I was like, if she's ignoring these people, they could easily decide if they really wanted to, you know, like let's try and cancel Uma Beauty, boycott Uma Beauty. They have power and for them to just ignore the comments and concerns, I just think was very tacky. I think what the real problem was is that for many around the world, the Queen is seen in very different ways. She's seen in different ways when it's the West Indies, in India, in the UK. And for many of the people in the comments, they were just really, really upset and let's be real, it's women of colour that really pushed Uma Beauty to the forefront. So to ignore the comments from them, it was almost like Sharon was just giving them the finger and saying, whatever. These are the people that made Uma Beauty a worldwide name. What got people talking even more was the fact that while Sharon posted the Queen on the brand's feed, on stories, the brand posted about 9-11. And for many, that's a different type of tragedy, perhaps way more important to the average American. I say that in inverted commas because different things matter to different people at different levels. But it was interesting that she only shared about 9-11 on her stories because why wouldn't, if you're going to post about the Queen and so many other issues on the Uma Beauty page, why not post about 9-11 there? It just felt a little bit odd, but suffice to say, the only place you will see the post about the Queen now is on Reddit. But it wasn't just that social media misstep that began to hint at the end of the brand. In May 2023, Shooter shared an Instagram post on her personal account that had everyone wondering what was going on. The post announced that after five years as a CEO and 17 years of the corporate grind, she decided to give up the boardroom. She mentioned that it was some initial health scares that had initially forced her into medical leave, but she then decided that she was going to make this a permanent thing. She wanted to spend more time with and on herself. And the post, of course, was greeted with lots of admiration because she'd done a lot in the industry, like she deserved a break. 
as I said before, she was the definition of a game changer. But honestly, when I saw that post, I instantly wondered how much time has the Uma Beauty brand got left? Because at the same time, behind the scenes, I was beginning to hear various accounts as to how poorly the brand was being run, especially when it came to management. I'm not going to reveal my sources, obviously, but yeah, I heard things were pretty bad. In August 2023, the brand shared its last social media post without updating shoppers or fans in any way. And as such, there were several calls to just boycott the brand, close it down. Shoppers were so annoyed. They'd gone to that post and left numerous complaints that they've put in orders weeks before, still haven't received them. They complained that their emails went unanswered. They complained that the Uma Beauty contact phone number was out of order. Then we saw retailers such as Walmart in the States and Harvey Nichols in the UK start to put the products into a clearance sale. After the business of Fashion Story came out last year, apparently Shooter did contact them to say she would be challenging the sale and claim that she only found out about it after it had gone through. I'm sure we're going to see a new venture or story from Sharon, who, by the way, now goes by the name Sharon C. Noy. But while I think Sharon will undoubtedly return, I'm not so sure that MacArthur Beauty can make Uma Beauty great again. I think there's just so much more out there for us to choose from. It just feels a little bit too late. What do you think? Let me know. Were you an Uma Beauty fan? I don't think I'd ever tried anything from them. I remember going into one store in the UK once and a lot of the testers were a mess and it really put me off. So I've never tried anything. Let me know. Are you really missing it? Are you dying for it to make a return? Are you ready for it to make a return? Let me know. DM me at Beauty Me Podcast on Instagram or you can email me beautymepodcast at gmail.com. Next up, it's been a really active week for Kim Kardashian. We've seen two new campaigns. First of all, she's bringing back makeup. I'm Kim Kardashian. Of course, I'm launching lip liners and 15 different nudes. What used to be KKW Beauty is now Skin by Kim Makeup, and it's launching this Friday. Skin is, of course, linked to her skincare range. I don't even know if we're meant to say it as skin, but it's spelled S-K-K-N. So, yeah, Skin by Kim Makeup. The reality star showed two images on her Instagram recently with a caption saying that the new brand was a blend of skin-loving formulas and high-performance glam. She said her goal with Skin by Kim makeup was to create universally flattering cosmetic essentials while ensuring that the products were clean, hydrating, and would help to improve the look and feel of the skin with every wear. Quite how she's going to do that with a range of 10 lip colors, 15 long wear matte lip pencils and a 12 shade eyeshadow palette. I'm not sure, but I for one will definitely be trying the lip pencils. I love a lip pencil and I used to hear so much about the KKW lip pencils when the brand was active between 2017 and 2021. So I don't want to miss out this time. I'm guessing the new formulas won't be that dissimilar. But what about you? Are you going to join the waitlist at skinbykim.com? Let me know. As if that's not enough, I did say there's two launches for Kim. We're also seeing a brand new line for Valentine's Day. And it's a really hard launch because it's with Lana Del Rey. 
It's been plastered all over Kim's Instagram feed, Lana's Instagram feed, who until a few months ago, her Instagram account, which is at Honeymoon, was private. So obviously they've been looking forward to this happening for a while now. And I think this is a brilliant, cohesive campaign. I think it's very beautiful. And you can see that it is a true collaboration. You can see Lana's fingerprint all over this Skims collection. And it's also shot by a brilliant artist that I love, Nadia Lee Cohen. If you don't know Nadia's work, I would say it's about femininity in all its forms, from melting art pieces based on the female body to intimate portraits and her always striking fashion editorial work. I'll share a link to her Instagram so you can get a taste of Nadia's style, but I'm a big fan of hers. I've got her book. I would love to go and see an exhibition of hers. The entire campaign itself is a blend of Lana Del Rey's classic 60s style with Nadia's sense of humor. At times, it's as if Lana's sitting inside this beautiful retro pastel blue chocolate box. At others, she's giving us Uma Thurman and Kill Bill vibes, complete with a heart-shaped eye patch. And we also see her wearing baby pink, playing with three little white kittens. So just thinking about it now, how I'm able to recall the images says a lot to me because I can't really recall the pieces themselves that much. So I need to go back and check them out. But I have to say, me personally, when it comes to skims, I'm a big fan of their classic pieces. So I'm more into the simple black t-shirts, the bras, the loungewear. So I will look back. But for me, the campaign itself is really beautiful. The makeup by Etienne Ortega is just It's just so pretty. It still feels very Lana, but there's like even more of a retro touch to it. And also she seems to have like this honey blonde hair color, which I don't think we've seen on her for years. So all in all, the visuals are a 10 for me. The final story today is more of an honorable mention, really. I'm talking about Pharrell's full winter menswear show for Louis Vuitton. I loved that the show was an ode to black cowboys and Native Americans. I feel often other brands such as Gucci, etc., that lean into the Western aesthetic often kind of ignore the Native American influence and certainly never allude to the fact that there were ever black cowboys. So I thought Pharrell did a beautiful job here. But also one of the standouts was that he brought back a menswear model from the 2000s, Will LeMay. Will was the go-to guy for brands such as Versace, Gucci, Dolce Gabbana, Sean John, who he did a lot of campaigns with in the early 2000s. He had that very chiseled look, short trimmed Caesar haircut, tan skin, abs. He was the quintessentially 2000s combination of a male model. Although I've made a video about Will, which of course I'll share a link to in the show notes, it was really difficult to find any correct information on him that I could use. Some sites say that he was mixed heritage, white, black and Mexican. Others said that he claimed he was part French. In fact, when you Google Will, just look out, you're just going to see a lot of message boards and forums discussing his sexuality. I did reach out to Will on Instagram just to get a little bit more of a picture of his early days in modeling, but I haven't heard back yet. So right now he's very much a mystery, but he did post on his Instagram page that working on the Louis Vuitton show was a memorable way to step out of retirement that he will never forget. I love that Pharrell made this gesture. 
I feel there are so many people in fashion and beauty that reached such highs in the past and then seemingly disappear. So I love that Pharrell paid homage to Will. That is it for this week in beauty. Be sure to let me know if you're enjoying this kind of beauty news based episode and let me know if there's a specific story or moment you want me to cover. You can DM me at beauty me podcast on Instagram or X or email me beauty me podcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you listen, because that way you're never going to miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this one, please leave a review. It only takes a second, but it really helps the show be discovered. So thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.